All right. Hey, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 20. And I want to say again, welcome to our online crowd and welcome to our Austin Peay State University campus. We love you guys. So thankful for you. I've titled the message today, We Must Carry On Maturing As We Go. I'm not a great sermon titler. I'm a preacher. Um, but we're going to carry on this gospel. We're going to carry on this message of the gospel and we're going to grow up. We're going to mature as we go. Now, uh, we've been in the book of Acts for a year and a half. If you're new to our church, we've gone verse by verse through the book of Acts for a year and a half. And it's a long commitment. It's a long journey. We're two thirds of the way through the book. So we got another year to go, everybody. Come on, saddle up. We will pause for Christmas Advent series, and then we'll be back in January. Uh, actually, we're gonna do a prayer. We're gonna have a prayer focus at the beginning of the year. I'm really excited about that as well. But again, turn with me to Acts 20. And just to bring us back up to speed where we've been, uh, in the past couple of messages, we've seen the Apostle Paul in Acts 19 and 20. He's a church planter, an apostle, a preacher. He's a leader among the Ephesian Christians, and he's been teaching great theology. He's been used in the miraculous. He's been managing riots and persecution and still surviving. Last week when Stephanie preached the message, uh, she, she talked about when Paul preached all night long and a young man fell asleep and fell out the window and died. I was a little bothered by all the hate she was throwing on long-winded preachers. I'll be honest with you. Actually, it wasn't her, it was you guys. And frankly, I've been working through my offense and uh, so this sermon will be an hour and a half long. <laughs> I loved that message last week. I mean, Paul just instantly reacted with, he ain't dead and he's just expecting God to show up. And I was so encouraged. Let's expect God to be God and do big things. Can I hear an amen, everybody? So Stephanie, Pastor Stephanie, again, great job last week. Thank you for that. And today we have Paul calling all the pastors of Ephesus together. Now, this is his third time in this city. If you know the, the history of his, his journeys, he's, he circled through Ephesus three times and he's heading to Jerusalem and then later to Rome. We have him calling all the pastors and elders together that he leads. Last week, she talked about how there were at least seven church planners or young pastors under Paul's care that were riding with him. But now he gives them this challenging and powerful farewell speech. Could you imagine what you would say if you were to give a farewell speech this week to your friends or to your coworkers? Could you imagine if you were to go into work this week and it was your last week at work, what would you say in your farewell speech? A simple Google search. I mean, there's funny speeches. There's really serious speeches. There's Dwight Eisenhower. There's, you know, George Washington's farewell speech or the Lincoln's final speech. What would you say? Would you tell a bunch of funny stories? Would you uh, pick on folks that you've hated the whole time and call them out passive aggressively or aggressive aggressively, whatever? Would you let people know who'd bother you? Would you go out like Jerry Maguire, like scorched earth, take the fishbowl? I was privileged in my senior year of high school, I was elected by our students, uh, by our class to be our senior speaker at graduation. And I remember the pressure of like, like remembering the last eight, you know, 12 years, 18, it, I was a slow graduate. Anyway, 12 years of school, you know, you, you, you wanna reflect on the past, you wanna honor this moment and you speak to the future. And I remember the language they would say, is like, now talk to kids about getting in the real world. And I go, the world we've been in is very real. It's not a fake world. What would, what would you say if you were to go to work this week and give your farewell speech? How would you speak? What would you say? And would you keep your composure? Would you give great advice? It's, it's where we're at with the Apostle Paul. He's giving a final farewell message to the Ephesian Christians. It's the last time he's gonna be there, his final farewell. And he knew he wasn't coming back. He actually says it. He goes, I'm not gonna see you again. And he was actually convinced that he might die in his travels. In fact, it's kind of endearing at the end of this whole passage 
We see all the Ephesian elders like weeping and they're sad about his departure because they loved their pastor, they loved the Apostle Paul. But he's knowing that he's not coming back, he's probably gonna die or be martyred or imprisoned or beaten for his faith. But he drops some real strong reflections and challenges. And so today, as we walk through uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 17 through the end of the chapter, I wanna invite you into the audience as an elder. I wanna invite you in as one of his audience members. Just imagine the Apostle Paul is bringing this message to you. Again, remember, he's gonna reflect on the past. He's gonna give some directions or he's gonna honor the moment that they're in and then give some directions moving forward. And I want you to hear the heart of this great pastor and I want you to hear it for your life as well. So do your best to keep up with me. It's a lot of text, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through it as fast as I can. You remember the last passage we saw was Eutychus, dead, raised from the dead, Paul continues preaching until morning. Now in verse 17, we're gonna start with this idea that all of us be invested and be all in. That we all be invested in our church, invested in our spiritual growth, invested in the growth of others and be all in. Starting in verse 17. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and he calls all the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came, he says the following. Now, this is a group of church leaders, pastors from Ephesus. If you don't know this, when, when they would start churches in these cities, they would very often be home churches. They would use the synagogues on the weekends as well. They'd worship on Sundays. They'd meet every day for many of them uh, for prayer and breaking of bread. They shared in communion and preaching the word. And these house churches kind of sprung up and then they became larger churches. And what's interesting, you know, in our modern context, context a lot of churches are doing multiple sites, multiple locations. In fact, we're, we're gonna start working towards our build out at our exit one campus that we bought during COVID. And we're gonna start working on plans to build a new location there. And people go, why do you need multiple locations and churches? It was always the case in the Bible. Like they always met in multiple places in their different cities. So being a multi-site church is actually a biblical model as well. So these were the elders though. These were the spiritual overseers, the, the, the older leaders or the pastors who had spiritual maturity and they were accountable under Paul's leadership. And I want you to see that like, listen, you might say, I'm not a pastor, what do I need this message for? Well, you're, you're the priest of your home, you're the spiritual leader of somebody. If you're a Christian, the great commission belongs to you and somebody's following your leadership. And if nobody else is being led by you, you should be being led by you. John Maxwell says the hardest person to lead is you. So I wanna invite you in as an elder in this speech, right, from the Apostle Paul. And here, here's how he starts. He looks back and he goes, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord, look at this language, with all humility. He's serving God, he's with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. You yourselves know how I did not shrink back from declaring to you. That's, he's gonna use that phrase a second time in a minute, verse 20. How I did not shrink back declaring to you anything that was profitable. And look at this, teaching you in public and from house to house. Where are my small group people at? Come on now. Teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying, here it is. This is what Paul's saying. This is what I've been invested in. I've never shrunk back from this. I've been doing this the whole time teaching in public and house to house, testifying to both Jews and Greeks. In other words, I'm telling everybody I can, repent towards God and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, look at Paul's 
testimony. I mean, he says, I've been all in on this thing. I've been fully invested from the beginning. You guys know this. I've lived it out in front of you the whole time. I've served with humility, with tears, with emotion and passion, with trials happening to me. How many of you would go, you know what? I don't deserve to be beat up all the time. I'm out. Paul said, I've served faithfully even through pain. And I never shrunk back from declaring what's profitable, teaching in public and house to house. Repent towards God and have your faith built on Jesus Christ. Man, I'm telling you, part of the value of speeches like this is, is it's meant to inspire, right? When you hear a farewell speech, when you hear a great graduation speech, it's meant, speech, it's meant to inspire the listener to follow the lead of the one speaking. That's why people in positions of authority and leadership often get to speak because they speak out of their own experience and their own passion. And this sermon, this speech is an inspiring message that is to call us to some certain, certain things. Paul is reminding them that he lived honestly among them, full in with Jesus, like, like, like he was all in with this gospel, with humility, submitted to the lordship of Christ, faithful to teach it and to share it at all times. He used language a couple of times. He said, I never shrunk back. That is, man, nothing pulled me away. Nothing caused me to compromise. Nothing brought me from being all in full of passion for the gospel. That was his testimony, and it's meant to be an inspiration to those of us in his audience. I wanna challenge you in the same way. LifePoint Church, can we be a people who are fully invested in our own walk with Jesus, with all humility and devotion to the Lordship of Christ in our lives? Would we be fully invested to God's word, to God's church, into a prayer life and daily time with God. Be generous like God calls us to be. Serve as he's asked us to be all in and never shrink back from a life with Jesus. Can I hear an amen from the church today? I want you to evaluate this question briefly. Are you walking with the Lord like you want to? Are you fully, in, like Paul, Paul had the willingness to say, you know, as long as you've known me, I've been all in with this thing, with this gospel message, with this life with Christ. Let me ask you, church, are you where you wanna be in your walk with Jesus? This past Friday night, I had the privilege to preach a sermon to all the football players at Austin P for their final home game, their senior night. And uh, Jordan Smalley's our campus pastor, he and his wife at Austin P, and he's been leading uh, as chaplain to the football players this semester. And they asked if I would come and speak for the final night. And it's been a privilege over the last five or six years to serve the football players at Austin P. But I preached out of Luke 18 when the young man comes to Jesus saying, what do I, what do I need to be do to be saved? And Jesus says, one thing you don't do is follow me and, and take all your money and all your wealth and get rid of that so it's not in the way and come follow me. And I asked the question as we had heads bowed and eyes closed, I said, hey, guys, how many of you would be honest and say, I have room to grow in my devotion to Jesus and I wanna take those steps starting now? And 100% of those young men and all the coaches raised their hands saying, I have room to grow and I wanna grow in Jesus. LifePoint, I'm asking you the same question. Do you want to grow in your devotion, being invested, being all in? What's in the way of you walking all in with Jesus Christ? Are there areas that you would say, man, I'm not all in with the Lord here. My prayer life is terrible or I don't ever read the Bible unless my pastor preaches it to me. Are you saying I'm not a generous person? I don't serve well. I don't actually worship outside of songs on a Sunday. What areas of your life need to grow in devotion and would you invest there and go all in there? I want you to see, Paul said, man, you guys know this is the life I've lived for the last three years in front of you. If you had to give a going away speech, are you ready to say something like that?
Church, I'm calling you for it. Like we have one mission at our church. It's really simple. We exist to lead people to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. And until you die, you've got room to grow in your devotion to Jesus. So all of you should be like, yes, I have room to grow. It was actually a softball and you know, you quiet mouse people, you know, and like, do you have room to grow in your walk with God? Let's go. Could you walk away from here and go, man, I gave it my all for Jesus. I'm all in, I'm fully invested. Some of us who go, well, yeah, he's gonna say that. He's a pastor, he's Apostle Paul. No, he's a Christ follower like you and me. And if you belong to Jesus, let's go all in. Let's be fully devoted. I'm not asking you to be perfect, just be surrendered to Jesus. I wanna point out too, by the way, Paul saying, I didn't shrink back from declaring anything profitable in teaching in public and from house to house. This is at church and in small groups. Come on, Jesus, that's what I'm talking about. I wanna encourage all of you, if you're not in a small group, get in a small group. Open your own house, host it, we, we can help you. Like, we, we see a place for the big gathering and for the small gathering, and it's actually good for you to do both. All right, there's my small group's appeal. You can meet at the Red Wall or in the lobby at Austin P or join us online for a small group as well. Second part of his farewell speech, it's a little longer section, but he says, be faithful to God no matter what. Be faithful no matter what. Many of you in the military, you have this attitude like I'm, we're, we're committed to the mission no matter what it costs us. And, and all of you that sign up for the military, that volunteer, know that you're, you're, you're signing up to potentially give your entire life for this. I wanna ask you, are you willing to give everything for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ and his gospel? Watch what happens now. Paul's saying, you know I've been living this way for three years. And then verse 22, he says, and now behold, again, I think we should all start conversations like this. Behold. Let's bring it back. Let's bring in behold back. All right. I'm going to Jerusalem. Look at the language here. I am constrained by the spirit. The, think about being in constraints. He's saying, I can't get out of this even if I tried to. I am so moved by the Holy Spirit. I can't back off if no matter how hard I tried, God has put this so heavily in my heart. I'm constrained by the spirit, not knowing what's gonna happen to me there. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna go anywhere that I don't know what's gonna happen, right? Look at what he says, except the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Who's ready to sign up for ministry? The apostle Paul's like, I'm so, I'm so led by the spirit, man. I'm just, I'm chokeholded into this thing and I love it. I can't wait, but it's gonna be hard. We're gonna be faithful to God no matter what. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to know that I'm walking into prison and beatings and pressure and pain. Signing up for pain is not part of the gospel that we preach. But Paul knew prison and pain was his future and he said, and I'm going anyway. Hey church, be faithful no matter what it costs you. Be faithful to God no matter what it costs you. You might lose relationships, you might lose your job. We, I mean, we live in a whole world, separation, church, state. I can't be bold for Jesus, I might lose my job. I think God's your provider. I think God can come through for you. Come on, somebody, right? Like, and you go, well, that's easy for you to say, preacher, you work around a bunch of Christians. They're mostly saved on our staff, but like, they're all Christians, that's a joke. But I didn't always work here. And listen, I've been in job environments where they're like, hey man, you need to keep that to yourself. And I go, I don't know how to do that. Like, be faithful, 
no matter what. I'm not asking you to be obnoxious and unwise. Don't be a weirdo. But be faithful to God no matter what. And when your company or your commander asks you to compromise, I'm not doing that. Go against your values or lie or, or whatever. Like, live your life so full on display for the gospel that people can't help but notice that you're different. Now watch what he says. I'm constrained by the Spirit. I don't even know what's gonna happen. The Holy Spirit's already told me. In every city, imprisonment and afflictions await me. I've been to two of the places Paul was held in prison. By the way, Paul was either really short or they just didn't know how to build tall prisons. You know what I'm saying? The torture for me would have been I couldn't stand up, you know, anyway. Here's what he says in verse 24, and this is such a key to living for Jesus, but I don't account my life of anything, any value, nor precious to myself. Can I just encourage every parent to teach this verse to your kids? Because we live in a me, me, myself, I'm the most important center of the universe generation. By the way, it's been that way forever, but we love to pick on our kids, right? Paul says, my life is not of any value or precious to myself. I mean, it's so countercultural to the world we live in today to say, my life is, is a, it's, it's given back to God. My life is of no value to myself, nor precious. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I might be going to prison, I might be getting beat, but that doesn't matter. My body may be broken and destroyed and trashed, I might lose everything, that doesn't matter. Boy, this is a confident guy who knows God really well. He's all in with this gospel. He said, that doesn't matter to me. What matters is that I tell the next person about Jesus. What matters is that I stay on mission and I stay focused and I live faithfully to this gospel. I wanna read it to you from the message translation. This is not a scholarly translation. This is like word on the street translation. I love the way Eugene Peterson wrote this message translation. Listen to how he writes it. He says, there's another urgency before me now. I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem. I'm completely in the dark about what will happen to me there. Some of you guys have been on missions where this is what you feel like. I'm completely in the dark of what'll happen to me there. I don't know. I do know that it'll be no picnic for the Holy Spirit has let me know repeatedly and clearly that there are hard times and imprisonment ahead, but that matters little. What matters most to me is to finish what God started. I just want you to think about this for a second. The God of the universe put a play into motion to save the world, and he's invited you to help him finish it. Isn't that great? God says, I'm gonna save this world. Then he says, I'm gonna send my own son to be a part of this thing. And then he says, and then I'm gonna invite all of you to be a part of finishing it. How great that the God who saves us lets us be a part of him saving other people. Isn't that great? Amazing. Paul says, it matters little to me. What does matter is to finish what God started. Look at the language. The job the master Jesus gave me. Part of being able to serve him no matter what is remembering he's a good, good Lord. He's a good master, he's a good king. Here's the job the master's given, to let everyone I meet. Can you imagine that kind of audacity? I mean, you go to pay for your gas. Hey, great to meet you. Did you know Jesus Christ loves you so much he gave his life for you? I just wanna tell you that. To tell every person I meet 
all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. Be faithful to God no matter what. Paul had this attitude in his farewell speech. He says, nothing mattered to him more than pleasing God, living for God, doing what God wants him to do, and to make sure everyone else benefits from the gospel he preaches. One thing I love about this pastor, Pastor Paul, is that he was way about others more than about himself. He said, it doesn't matter about my life. I'll spend my life. I'll be beaten. I'll be, look, Paul looked at going to prison as an opportunity to preach to prisoners. He said, I'm telling you this. I love one of my favorite passages in the whole book of Acts that what matters the most is letting everyone I meet know about Jesus. And he knew he was gonna suffer. He said, the Holy Spirit's already told me multiple times and clearly that I'm gonna suffer and it didn't keep him from what was most important. Many of us would shrink back at the first sign of discomfort or threats or loss. But Paul was so determined to be faithful to God no matter what, he never compromised for his own comfort. And how did he get there? How did he do that? Paul had this attitude and it comes from a promise God made about him. If you know the rest of the story in Acts chapter nine, when the apostle Paul was saved, he was formerly named Saul. He was this persecutor of the church. He was a bad dude. He was literally hunting down Christians, trying to kill them. And then Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus and saves his soul. In fact, that's the passage that Stephanie preached last year, Acts chapter nine, when Saul gets saved on the road to Damascus. And Jesus says to Saul on the road, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he strikes him with blindness. And then he sends this guy Ananias to go get him. Ananias was a Damascan and he sends Ananias to go get him. And Ananias is arguing with God. How many of you know that's never an argument you're gonna win? God says to Ananias, he says, I want you to go on the street called Straight and get this guy, he's blind, he's wandering around and he needs a home to rest and I've called him for an assignment. And Ananias goes, do you not know who Saul is? Like God's going, oh no, tell me. He says, do you not know who Saul is? He's the one persecuting the church. He's killing Christians like crazy. We don't wanna see this guy in our church. And God said about Saul before he was saved, listen, he said, Paul is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Man, when you got a word from God about your life, you can do anything for God. And Saul became Paul and he had a word on his life that he'd be a witness before kings. That's why he knew when he went to Rome, God destined me for this. Man, every one of you need to know God's hand is on your life. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a destiny for you and a call on you that is so unique to you. Don't ever compromise, don't ever settle, don't ever back down no matter what. Be faithful to God. He's got his hand on your life. Man, we sing that song, all my life you have been faithful. Don't ever forget that. God's been good to you. Paul had a word from God. That's how he's constrained by the spirit and able to go to Jerusalem and prisons and pain away because God said, you're gonna suffer for me. But remember what I said earlier, the secret is I can do it all through Christ who strengthens me. Be faithful to God no matter what. Man, I'm preaching today. When you have a word from God, when you have a promise from God, you can survive anything. You can be faithful to God when you got a word from God. You know how you get a word from God? Spend time with God. Be faithful to God. Watch this, verse 25. This is kind of like the shift in the speech. He goes, and now behold, twice, behold. I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will ever see my face again. I mean, it's like deleting you off of Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Like I am unfriending all of you. 
He says, none of you will ever see my face again. By the way, the end of the text shows they're so sad. They loved him so much. They cried, they wept. Then he says, therefore, because you'll never see me again, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all. It's a really morbid thing to say if you think about it. But here, I'll explain it in a second. He said, you'll never see me again, but I'm telling you, I'm innocent of the blood of all of you for I never, I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. God's holy, we're sinners, we need salvation. Jesus comes to give salvation, the whole counsel of God. He raised from the dead so you can have eternal life and the spirit of God lives on the inside of you and you can live spirit-filled, spirit-led with the gifts of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. That's the whole counsel of God. He said, I never shrunk back. And when he says, I'm innocent of the blood of all of you, here's what he's saying. Ain't none of y'all going to hell because I didn't tell you. Ain't none of y'all gonna not go to heaven because I didn't tell you. Here's what Paul's saying. I made it my goal to stay faithful, to make sure every one of you at least heard it from me that Jesus loves you and God gave his life for you and you can have a full life with Christ. Church, I'm asking you to be faithful to God. Be faithful to this message no matter what. Could you leave your company this week and know that everyone there has heard the gospel because you went to work there? Could you exit your family one day by death and look your kids in the eye and say, ain't none of y'all going to hell because you didn't hear about it from me. Some of us don't even start with discipling our own children. Church, be faithful to God. Be faithful to telling people about Jesus. Remember what he said, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm gonna suffer. That don't matter. What does matter is telling everybody I meet about this gospel. And none of y'all going to hell because you didn't hear from me. Paul had a little attitude, didn't he? I, I just, I, and look, a speech like this is meant to inspire. That should take all of us and go, that's right. Man, I've, I'm on assignment. I got a job to do. I got something to tell and somebody to talk to about Jesus. Who would you tell this week that needs to hear the gospel? You know what? Maybe you're not leaving your job, but you got a coworker that's retiring this week. You got somebody that's leaving. You need to go, hey, let's grab coffee real quick. Because you ain't going to hell because you didn't hear about Jesus from me. Now, don't start with that. <laughs> <laughs> like a grande pike with two splendors and some cream. If you died right now, would you go to hell? <laughs> Don't start there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been great to work with you. Oh, I'm going to miss you. I just want to, I want to make sure that you've heard somebody tell you the gospel. Christians, I want to challenge you. Live your life so full on display for Jesus. Don't hold back. Don't shrink back. Don't, don't let culture dictate your passion for God your passion for his word, for his kingdom. Don't be afraid of losing your job or friends. Don't be afraid of that. Don't let greed or fear keep you from serving and giving like God's called you to give. You stay faithful for Jesus, no matter what. Now then, there's a warning. Be guarded carefully, guard yourself. I love this. This is great leadership, Pastor Paul, man. He's a, he's a great leader, he's well-rounded. There's, there's two more parts to this message and we'll be done in just a few minutes. Or I'm gonna preach till midnight. I got one, can I have another? Oh, don't even. <laughs> Our whole Kid Point staff will quit today and all of you will be Kid Point volunteers. In fact, all of you should volunteer in Kid Point at some time in your life. You wanna work with the best part of this church? Go to that side of the building and work with our kids. They're hilarious and amazing. They puke on you. They fart on you. They don't care. They're not impressed by any of you. 
but the next pastor of our church may very well be in that building over there. I would love for all of you to serve in kids' ministry here, unless you're really awkward with kids or have a felony on your life. You know what I'm saying? Just stay on this side of the building. Is that too far? No. Got to pass a background check. <laughs> Can't be creeping over there. I'll creep you right to jail. You know what I'm saying? Stay focused. Be guarded. Be carefully guarded. Now watch the next thing Paul says. You know how I've lived the last three years. I've been faithful. It doesn't matter what about my life. What only matters is telling about the, G- the Lord. And then he says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. Now remember, he's talking to a group of pastors, elders, all right, church leaders. He goes, you guard yourself and guard this flock. You know why? Because it ain't our people. These are God's people. We are called to protect and shepherd and care for the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained. Listen, any pastor that abuses the church for their own good should be removed, should be cared, carefully taken out and, and, and reminded that this is a Holy Spirit gift to be able to care for his church. He has obtained this. This ain't my church, this is God's church. You don't follow me, you follow Jesus. Now remember, he's talking to a group of elders. So let me just talk to pastors and spiritual leaders for a second, but then I'm gonna talk to all of you because all of you are a leader of somebody, including yourself and your children. But listen, he's talking to pastors and leaders responsible for the care of the church to protect and care. As pastors, our job is to care for God's people to the best of our ability, to watch over you, to oversee this church, to care for church. It's pastors who oversee churches, not the, not the people, right? And, and we are to care for the church as if it's God's holy family. And I'm gonna tell you as pastors, as a team of leaders at this church, we feel a humble obligation and commitment to care for you well because Jesus loves you and because he has called us to care for you. So I'm gonna ask you for a favor. Would you pray for us as your pastors and the staff and the leaders here, for the board, for the overseers, would you pray that we care for you well that we look out for you well, that we care for you and love you well. The care for the flock is a major part of what pastors do for you. So pray for us to do it well for your sake. That being the case, I want every one of you, notice how he starts, pay careful attention to yourselves and to your flock. Every one of you that has a family, every one of you that has a home, that's where you're the priest. You're the priest of your home. We believe in the priesthood of all believers, right? Every one of us has somebody we're leading and caring over. But he starts with, you gotta watch your own life. Guard your life. Listen, I'm gonna ask this church, come back to like guard your life, protect your life, watch out for craziness, watch out for unholiness. Like, can we get back to a place of just like simple guardrails and simplicity in our life and holiness before God? Quit trying to live life in the shadows and live life in the gray areas. Come back, guard yourself, protect yourself and look over those who God has given to you. Your first ministry is your family. And I wanna ask you to guard them well, care for the flock. He goes on to say, after I leave, he just said, I know this is gonna happen. After I depart, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And they'll come from among your own selves. They will rise men speaking twisted things. These are Christian leaders who will rise up because of hunger for power or lust for, for, for authority. And they'll ri- Christians will rise up and look what it says, speaking twisted things to draw believers away from the faith. 
Paul's saying on the front end, it's gonna happen. Guard yourselves, guard the flock. Listen to me, Paul is warning that fierce wolves will come in from the outside, they'll come in from the inside. They'll rise up, even church people will succumb to the temptations and the deceptions and the twists to chase power and deceive and twist truth. Listen, the devil always wants to destroy God's people and very often he'll use people to do it, to hurt you, to confuse you and to destroy you. Guard your church, guard your house, Guard your family, guard your influences, guard your mind, guard your heart from bad theology, guard your screen time, guard your eyes, guard what you listen to, guard your flock. And let me just ask you as a pastor of this church, pray that my heart and our heart as team stays tender to the Lord, that we never rise up and begin twisting and manipulating and hurting God's people. You, don't, you should always be watchful and prayerful to, to pray for the house that you belong to, the church that you belong to. The life of a Christian is a guarded life. Listen, over 165 times we see in the Bible, be careful, be watchful, watchful, be vigilant. I wanna call you back, guys. Guard your heart, guard your eyes, guard your influences. Be watchful for your home and family. Pray for your church to be careful and guarded as a people. And we must be prayerful and watchful and focused to do what God's called us to do. He says, therefore, be alert. Remember, for three years, I never stopped admonishing every one of you. Here's what he's saying. I didn't stop making your life better. I didn't stop pushing you towards Jesus with tears. Here's a litmus test for good leaders in your life. You ready? Do they contend for the gospel? Do they contend for your heart drawing closer to Jesus? Do they contend for your family to know God and find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference? Do those who speak into your life unconditionally love you, care for you, serve you well? Or are they pushing their agenda, building their own brand, their own kingdom, shading the truth, seeking more power and control over your life in the name of discipleship, really just manipulating you? Or even trying to make sure that you believe their version of the latest conspiracy or theology, twisting the scriptures. You ever been around people that it's like, that's mostly true, but it's just enough twisted that you kind of tip your head, but then you go, but it's a man of God, right? It's a woman of God, right? You, you need to evaluate and pray for those who lead over you and impact you that they're for you, not for them. Hey, listen, when I start building the kingdom of Mike Burnett, fire me immediately. Don't follow me, follow Jesus. We're not here building a brand. We're here building God's kingdom where Jesus is king. I'm inviting you to go all in with Jesus, follow him. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Guard your church, guard your flock, guard your, ho- your house, guard your heart. We carry on with faith as we mature. I titled the message, we carry on maturing as we go. So the last thing is this, be mature in your faith. That's a nice way of saying grow up. Stand on your own two feet, be a self-feeder. It's time to be grown. Any of you ever have trouble launching your kids out the house? This is a talk you need to have with them. This is a talk you need to have with them. It's time for you to grow up and stand on your own two feet. And listen to me, church. The apostle Paul says, I've spent three years with you. I've modeled it. This is as long as Jesus spent with his disciples. And he gave the whole world to them to lead. The apostle Paul saying, I've been with you three years, guys. You'll never see me again. I'm going on with my assignment. It's time for you guys to stand on your own two feet. Some of y'all are like, is Mike preaching this because he's quitting today? No. 
I'll leave one day. I work for God. So, I'll, you know, whenever he tells me, I'm going to go. I'm going to cry. Y'all going to really cry, right? <laughs> it's because, oh, Stephanie's missing. I get it. Be mature in your faith. Grow up. Watch this. After all, I've lived this way for three years. We've done it like this. We've held leaders accountable. And now, watch what he says. And now I commend you to God. He's like, I'm handing you off to grown-up life. It's like when your kids graduate and go off to college. They're like, hey, you got to pay your own bills now, kid. You got married? Nope, you ain't on my insurance. No, no, no. Get off my cell phone bill. Delete. I'm commending you to God. I'm commending you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. You don't need me to build you now. The word of God, he himself will build you up and give you the inheritance among all. You are a son and daughter, just like the apostle Paul, just like your pastor. You have equal status with God. You're a son, just like me. You're a daughter, just like we are. Listen, you are commended to God in the word. He's, he's basically closing by saying, hey, I'm pushing you forward in your own walk with God. Now's the time. You need to walk this faith out. Live by the word. Live for God on your own two feet. Don't shrink back and be babies again. But grow up. Walk with God as mature believers. Let your life be built on God's word, on God's power, by devotion to Jesus. You, listen to me, church, you have an inheritance with God. He doesn't see you as some scrub, some unworthy part-time lover. He doesn't see you as some new baby Christian. He sees you as a son of God, a daughter of God, and you have the full inheritance of the kingdom at your disposal. Walk in the power of God. Walk in maturity as a believer. Listen, I wanna encourage you, let your life be built by the word of God. Stop walking in stupid and sin and 13-year-old decisions. Walk in victory every day of your life. You have an anointing. You've been sanctified. That means set apart by God and under God from this world and to walk carrying on mature as a believer in Jesus Christ. Come on, he says. It's time to grow up. Quit depending on your pastor to feed you everything. Be a part of the church, show up, serve, give back. Be, don't quit on church now, but don't depend on your pastor to keep spoon feeding you. The next passage in the book of Acts, you got the whole Bible at your disposal. You got the word and the full spirit of God on the inside of you, just like I do. Paul says, I didn't take your money. I didn't covet your silver, gold, or apparel. You know these hands ministered to my own necessities and to my own crew, those who are with me. In all things I've shown you that by working hard in this, we must help the weak. Look at this, remembering the words of Jesus. Everybody loves this verse at Christmas, right? It's better to give than to receive. It's the quote from Jesus, which we actually don't find anywhere else in the scripture, but here Paul says, remembering the words of Jesus, how he himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I find it so interesting that part of maturing in Christ is becoming a generous people. How many of you know selfishness is immature? Mine, 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 no, no, me. Selfishness is immature. He says part of maturing in Christ, stand on your own feet, walk by the word, be full of the spirit and be generous because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Keep the gospel in front of your lives. Keep telling people about Jesus. Be a mature, sanctified, set apart son and daughter and be a sacrificial giver, a generous person. Specifically, he says, being generous towards the weak, those who are in need. 
because Jesus taught it's more blessed to give than to receive. And this passage has a lot, doesn't it? This farewell speech, it goes on to say, and then they snotted and cried and they walked into the boat and they like saw him off into the sunset. But I want you to remember, we have this reminder to be all in with Jesus. Don't shrink back, he says it twice. We have this push for helping the gospel go forth no matter what, be faithful to God no matter what. We have a model of Christianity that includes having big services, church on the weekend and house to house in small groups. I wanna encourage you, take a step into a small group. We have Paul showing us that we're to be led by the spirit, even if it's uncomfortable, painful, or hard. And we need to expect godly leaders and influences to guard our homes and our hearts and our church against wolves and liars and manipulators and abusers. We're challenged to be generous because Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And we're called to walk in maturity, walk with God, grow up, devote ourselves to Jesus, follow his word in his heart. So I asked you earlier, if you have room to grow, let's grow. If you have room to increase in your walk with Jesus, what are you waiting for? Seven more sermons like this? Or can we just say, you know what, God, today's a day. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm moving forward with you. I'm taking steps in my maturity and my devotion to you. I'm gonna walk with my life guarded under Christ. No longer will I shrink back from declaring the good news of the gospel. And I'm gonna carry on mature in my walk with Jesus. God, thank you for this great speech from Paul. Thank you for the admonition to live faithful to you un, and, and live a life guarded under the spirit, compelled by the spirit of God to live faithful to you. Lord, we've heard your word today. We receive it. We receive it by faith. We receive it, Lord God, with commitment to say, God, I'm in. Whatever you ask of me, I'm gonna take those steps forward. God, I wanna give like you've called me to. I wanna pray and serve and spend time in your word like you've asked me to. Lord, I pray as Paul modeled it, that we would follow his example, to walk with God, to grow and mature in this season. I pray that the rest of the year would be a focused season of our growth and devotion to Jesus Christ. God, first of all, we're just gonna take steps of confession make that start today. Would you pray this with me, everybody around the room, especially if you've said, I've never really submitted my life to Christ. I've never really gone in with following Jesus. Your first step is to commit your whole life to Jesus Christ. And I wanna invite you to do that right now. Come on, everybody open your hands to God and pray this with me and with them. Come on, say, God, I believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for my sin and raised from the dead to give me eternal life, to set me apart unto God. And I give my whole life completely to Jesus Christ. Say it again, say, God, I'm all in to the glory of God. Now, everybody pray this with me. Lord, I choose to follow you, to grow, to mature, to grow in disciplines that will draw me closer to you and help me live on mission, on assignment, and a full life on purpose with Jesus Christ. Say, no matter what it costs, I'm all in. I'm all in to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Come on, amen, church, amen.